Welcome back to Trashy Trashy. My name is Erica Curry. Hi, I'm Cassandra Cardenas. The reason why I'm garbage this week is one time in college, I got into a car accident. I was driving in a friend's car and I got rear-ended right by the tanning salon that I went to. This tanning salon. And I got out of the car and tanned while we waited for the police to show up. (laughs) You left your vehicle unattended so you could tan? It was a friend, friend was driving the car. Oh my God. I'm trash this week because off the top of my head, I can think of at least three items of clothing that I have that has grease stains on it. And I have both not made an effort to get the grease stains out, and I also still wear all three of those tops. I have one on right now. It just has permanent grease stain. And I'm like, okay. Take a little dish soap to it. Erica, sure. Yeah. Or I just keep doing what I'm doing, and I go, these are my food-eating clothes. I literally had a fucking dress that I, I, the first time I wore it, I wore it to have ramen and I fucking spilled on it. And so it was kind of like, it was just a known fact of like me and my ex, like that's my ramen dress. If we're going to get ramen at the spot in Glendale, hold on, let me put on the green ramen dress. That's hysterical. Or is it pure trash? It's pure trash, but it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. How are you? I'm okay. I've been in I've been in better moods, but I am doing okay. That's a good way to describe it. I think I can agree. I've been in better moods for sure, but mm-hmm. I'm as my grandma always says, I am here. Oh, yeah. That's sweet. She is here. Do you want to just fucking get into this? Let's get into the stories of the week. Okay. So according to vice.com and my dreams, there is a man, Malcolm McDonald. He underwent a groundbreaking procedure to have a penis grown on his arm after he lost his original penis due to a blood infection. Okay. Hold on. So you're saying to me that a human man. Yes. Is growing a penis on his arm. Now, I've heard of of mice growing ears on their backs. I haven't. Really? What will science do next? Oh, God. Well, look. So he had a blood infection, which thank you, Vice, um, because Vice was like, oh, he's this blood infection happened in his perineum. And then Vice was like, otherwise known as the gooch. (laughs) It's just like so fucking funny to me because it's like. Who is it otherwise known as the gooch to except like frat guys? Or the or the grundle. The grundle. I've never heard it. I'm like, oh my God, you just put your finger on my grundle, babe. Ugh, why am I talking like this? Okay. Anyways, so there's this guy, Professor David Ralph. He is a phallus construction F- expert at University College Hospital London, which every fucking bit of that sentence sounds fake. Like from his weird job title to University College Hospital, London. To Dr. Ralph. Who wants Dr. First Name Ralph? Did you watch that show? God damn it, I can't remember what the show is. This is like, this is my biggest flaw is that I will start things so vague and hope that people get them. There was a show and it was like 
a love show and I think that they were having people get married right away and one of the psychologists who was like helping them was named Dr. Pepper. Yes. You do. Uh, <laughs> I do. I know Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Dr. Pepper. Oh gosh. You know, the simple times. Anyway, Was it married at first sight? I, it's something like that, I think. Yeah. And then Dr. Pepper's there to like talk him through it, which is like, bitch, look at your name. What are you doing, Dr. Pepper? <laughs> You could have had any career in the world and you chose to be a doctor knowing I think you were if your doctor. last name if your last name is Pepper, you have to become a doctor. Ugh. Like it's a family reputation at that point. But I want to be an artist. Sorry, the Peppers in this family are doctors. Ugh. Okay. So Dr. Ralph, fake. He uh created a in two th- oh no, he created a bionic penis for this guy who was born without one. Um, and he told, so like he's got, you know, like penis growing credentials, a good resume of penis growing. And he told McDonald that he would be able to build him a penis out of the skin of his left arm. And it's like, a, it's like a rolled skin thing containing nerves and blood vessels. And it's in the shape of a penis. And then they added a urethra and two tubes that will allow McDonald to have an erection. And, uh, I have looked on the internet for a picture of this. I cannot find it. I can only find pictures of this guy kind of like hanging out in his backyard and like a blur, like a blurred out part of his left arm and it's hanging down, which is fucking (laughs) insane. Like it's not, it's not like, it's not like going along with his arm, you know, and right. like in a way that like it's it's literally dangling. Oh, it's dangling down from his arm. Vertical, not horizontal. Yes, Erica. Yes, it's, that's the words that I was looking for. Wow. So here's my favorite part of this article, as if it couldn't get any better. He was supposed to have this penis taken off of his arm in 2018. And... Then he missed the operation because he was like sick and it's just continued to get pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And it's like, does he like having the penis? How do you get a surgery like this pushed back for two years and now COVID is hit? Well, it's it's part of the NHS, so uh, which is the National Health Service in Britain, which to me makes sense because it's like a little socialized. So there might be a delay. Wow, Erica, you're blaming socialism? Oh, boy. Jesus. I'm just saying, no comrades under 1K. Oh, my God. (laughs) You guys aren't aware there's a hashtag going around for people to gain Twitter followers called no comrades under 1K. But how many comrades do I have to follow in order to, like, get involved? Because that sounds awful. Do you want to scream into the void or do you want a thousand followers? That's true. That's very true. Um, I think I only have, like, six or seven maybe 800 followers on Twitter. So, you know, maybe I could use it. So he's got this penis on his arm and he said that he's on un- <laughs> the delays have been hard to deal with. He told the sun adding that he's unable to run because the penis waggles about and that he can't go swimming or wear a short sleeve shirt. Okay. I just got a massive visual of this guy in a long sleeve shirt. Yeah, thank with, God. With a with a dangle that waggles about. Like but he <laughs> He's like, I can't get my reps in with this dick on my arm. I'm trying to get fit for when I have a penis again. There was another part that in this article that I read where he was just like because he knew that his dick was gonna fall off because of this blood infection, which I'm also like, what? 
But he just like when it fell off, he just like put it in the trash. When it fell off, he excuse me. Yeah, he didn't have it surgically removed. Well, because he knew it was going to fall off. He, the doctor said, by the way, that's coming off. And so when it fell off, he just put it in the trash. So he just treated it like it was like a skin tag. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> I can't. Why did we start this way? Oh. <laughs> Why are we like this? Oh, my God. Well, I hope everything goes well for him and his penis that he's growing. May Malcolm McDonald soon have sex again with his fake penis. I wonder if he got a say in him. What, Malcolm McDonald? Mm Mm-hmm. I doubt it. Why would you choose a stupid pseudonym to hide your... identify or hide your identity yeah i guess i guess i mean sorry to our listener malcolm mcdonald but Uh (laughs) um yeah it's our number one fan number one fan malcolm mcdonald may you get your bionic penis handled soon michael mcdonald that's who i'm thinking of the singer michael (laughs) mcdonald i can't think of any (laughs) words but like you know the it was tone yeah I don't know what I'm doing. I'm tired. So speaking of tired, God, I'm not as good at segues as you are. New York Times released a very interesting article on the uh, the history of Karen. We all live in uh, a beautiful world right now. And so we all know that Karen has now kind of evolved from just like some white lady name to now like a symbol of white privilege and anger and like, you know, sometimes like racism in a way. So it's kind of for for me until like 2020, Karen, to be a Karen was like, oh, I just want to go speak to your manager. Right. But like now to be a Karen is like you are fucking bananas and like an, an, an insane woman. It's evolved because now when I think Karen, I'm like, what I really want to say is cunt, but I'm calling you a Karen instead. Which, and actually it got uh, addressed in this article. Um, Hold on. Let me find the place before I just start talking out of my ass. There's a, there's something to the hard K to in Karen that like, it's when you say consonants like K or T, the blockage of airflow and then the sudden release like it kind of just it comes out harder and so it, that's why it's like something like karen it just has that it's a what let's see uh, a voiceless plosive is what it's called oh. according to miriam eckert who is a linguistics phd from boulder colorado so yeah that's why things like cynthia or linda or susan not not quite the same even though they are they- just as popular of names as karen was when karen became when karen was like a big name they just roll off the tongue. Yeah, they roll off the tongue and it doesn't like, okay, Susan. It's kind of like, well, it's not the same. Yeah, okay, it's Karen. Not the same. It's like, whoa. Okay, Karen. Um, now, have you ever been a Karen? Me? Yeah. Are we talking in the traditional sense or are we talking in the 2020 sense? Because in the 2020 sense, fuck no. But there, I have had a moment where I did feel wronged and I may have overreacted. Yeah, I I can recall an instance where I was in a cab and we kept getting lost. Yeah. And I was like, this guy's just taking me for a ride. And I was I was about to Karen out. Mm. Did and you I was do it like, or no? 
I did. I went half Karen. Okay. I went half Karen. I was leaving. I was waiting tables and I was leaving my job and my car was parallel parked. And so I was blocked in by a moving truck. And so these, cause I was parked in like this neighborhood by the restaurant. And so then these people were moving into their new apartment, whatever. And I was like, Hey guys, sorry, you've got my car blocked in. And they're like, oh, um, okay, sorry, we'll go get the keys and we'll move it. And I was like, okay, cool, 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 cool. So I'm coming off of like a, you know, a seven hour like brunch shift. I'm in a bad fucking mood. And they start, they continue to move their shit. There's like three people and they continue to go up and down, up and down, and up and down. And I'm just like, guys, please, I thought you were going to get the keys. And then someone laughed at me. They're like, oh, right. <laughs> okay, we'll go get the keys. Hold on. And I was like, are these motherfuckers about to just unload this truck instead of just move it? And so she said, are these motherfuckers literally about to move this fucking truck? Like, or not, or like just unload this ent- entire truck without moving it? And uh-huh. I happened to be digging through my trunk because I was going to like change my shirt. And I saw in my trunk, I carry a large crowbar. I don't remember why or how I got this crowbar, but I do know that I always have it in my trunk. So I was mad enough that the next time someone came down, I grabbed the crowbar. I walked away from my car and I started swinging my crowbar. And I said, if you don't have the keys, I'm going to break everything in your fucking truck. And and they said, okay, we, Jesus, crazy bitch. And then they moved the truck. And Erica, you know me. That's not me. I don't know. I've never, and like, I don't know. It just like dawned on me to do it. I'm telling my heart was beating out of my chest. I would have never, ever broken all the stuff in their car. Like, no, but I was so mad that I just completely like zero to like 200 where I'm like, I'll fucking break all your fucking shit. And it, but it worked. I, there's been points in my life. My sister's going to kill me for telling this story or I, I'm the asshole in it. I'm the asshole. The the Thanksgiving after my grandfather died in high school, I I <laughs> uh, <laughs> my sister was wearing a T-shirt mm-hmm. that said a band's name that was Cross Canadian Ragweed, and we were both big fans of the band. Mm. But she was going to wear a T-shirt to Thanksgiving, and I lost my shit and like tackled her i'm five years older and like probably 300 pounds heavier than my sister 100 please okay i tackled her and we got into a fight in front of a family friend about whether or not she was going to wear a t-shirt to thanksgiving and that's like i, I mean i think about that moment all of the what time you like, the that, like a nice blouse and i even threw in i was like Grandpa's dead. Like, we need to dress up. Damn it, Erica. Oh, no. No, I was, I went full, like, lost my shit, like, point, flash of anger. Oh, I've never been that angry. And I don't know why it, it got me there. So, I mean, that's hilarious because what you both need is grease shirts for Thanksgiving. Of course, that's what you wear on Thanksgiving. Of a grease shirt. But uh, I just, imagine being someone who gets this angry all the time. Right. Right. Like, I, I like, think about that and I'm just like, I know that w- what's on Fox news or things like that. I know that that's not real. I know that we don't need to be this angry about masks and, you know, or, or afraid of people who aren't white. I know that, 
But imagine if I didn't know that. I'm like, what kind of reality would that be for me? Because sometimes I feel like, and I'm not, I don't feel pity for these people. I just like, to me, there's almost like when you watch these videos of like these Karens or like whatever, these guys, like these people like going nuts, these white people, it's kind of reminds me of like a caged animal, you know? Yeah. Where it's like, wow, like you're losing your fucking minds right now. Why? Why, why, why? And it's like, and I say like an animal because it's just like only an animal would be like void of enough logic to think that they don't need to react like this. Mm -hmm. So did I just call angry white ladies animals? Yeah, I did. I think that's a lot more empathy than I can muster for them. But I think that that's beautiful that like you can I mean, I, like put yourself in their shoes, essentially. It's It's got to be scary. I just kind of wish that like they just weren't that way. For sure. And, and it does come from a place of fear. They're just angry little bears. Permit Patty, Barbecue Becky. I know. Karen, I, I love the archetypes. I've never heard Karen's Permit Patty. Yeah. Oh, Permit Patty. She called the police over people having a picnic, I believe. Wow. And was like, you don't have a permit for food in a park, if I recall the story correctly. Oh, my God. So anyways, yeah. now there's people who have the name Karen for real. They're embarrassed. But most of the people who they interviewed in this New York Times article is kind of just like, eh, like, it, yeah, it's fucking embarrassing. But also like, whatever, like, w there's bigger, there's things that are bigger than me here. Although it said that there's a someone, San, one of the San Francisco Board of Supervisor members, Shaman Walton, he is trying to um, introduce an act. It's called... It's introduced, it's called the Karen Act, but it's Karen with a C, but it stands for Caution Against Racially Exploitative Non-Emergencies, but it's, it spells Karen. Uh, and then the bill would change the city's code to punish people who call 911 and file false racially biased comments or complaints. And there are some people who have the name Karen being like, okay, can we please change that fucking title? Like, because it's a bit- Go shaman. Go shaman. You think that's a good idea to like have a, a something that's literally called the Karen Act? Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm trash. No, no, no I get great. it. I get it. Like I like I don't know. I I would I I feel neither for it nor against it, I suppose. I wish it the best, as the president would say. As the president says, yeah. I wish them the best. I do think Next that people would be in trouble for that kind of stuff though. So yeah, I, I agree. It's trash to call call the cops on children and or just because people you're of color. A racist psycho. Yeah. Like look. So speaking of psychos, we got yeah. a story from the Washington Post. A man he fired uh he fired at officers with an AK forty seven after refusing to wear a mask. And let's see. A police clerk. Oh, yeah. Told Adam Zabrowski on uh, last Friday that he had to wear a mask oh, in the Adam shop. He's a guy's name. Okay, great. Yeah. And the 35 year old man angrily refused and said he grabbed two stogies and stormed outside and then pulled a handgun and shot at the clerk. This is okay. I have a couple problems here just to get started. First of all, you're shooting at clerks 
You're shooting at people, and then you're shooting at police officers. This guy gonna... is not yeah. dead, by the way. No, he was shot at. I don't know his race, but I'm just saying that, like, I think he's not a person of color, or if he maybe he is. I'm just trying to say, ugh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm just, I'm pissed off that the police officers, the way that they explained this away was that he was not handling the pandemic well. Yeah, Zabrowski is definitely like a Polish white person name. Like, I, I guess I could have done some research to figure out what his race was, but I'm just saying that if this guy was not, oh, if he's, if he was a black man and you're shooting all these people, he would be dead, and there would not, mm-hmm. there would not be the excuse of, well, he wasn't handling the pan- pandemic well. They would have been like, well, that guess guy was. What? I had a scoop of peanut butter for breakfast. I'm not handling the pandemic well. Here she is. She's back on her peanut butter bullshit. I'm just saying. You know what I had for breakfast? Spaghetti squash uh, and turkey sausage with tomato sauce. That's what That I sounds like a, a perfectly fine dinner. Yeah. No, but I had it for breakfast because I'm not handling the pandemic well. I didn't shower for like three days in a row because i'm not handling the pandemic well i have like a new red thing on the right side of my upper cheek that i saw this morning and i haven't put any skincare or anything on it i'm just letting it be there because i'm not handling the pandemic well you know I sometimes can't get off the couch because i'm not handling the pandemic well i'm not shooting at cops i would never shoot at a police officer because i'm not handling the pandemic well worst case scenario i text my ex okay Worst case. Jesus. This this guy's pure trash. Yeah, that guy sucks. And he, I mean, he just... What do they think the masks are doing? Do you know? Like, what are they afraid of? They, it's it's an infringement of their rights. They think it, it inhibits their ability to breathe, which I'm like, talk to a surgeon who does surgery for eight hours at a time in a mask. What I'm fucking saying. Like, you, they don't teach you in medical school how to fucking breathe through those things. I think that's like a whole course is how to breathe in a mask. How to breathe through a mask. 101. That's why medical tuition is so, like medical school tuition is so high. Step one, put on the mask. Can you breathe? No. You're dead. (laughs) Thank you. This is my class. Can you tell I've never been to college? I don't know what professors do. I only see them in movies. I dropped out. No, that's not right to me. Yeah. So there was a party in L.A., and uh, according to CNN, party party in L.A. And a bunch of LAPD officers were at this party without masks, no social distancing. The party was to celebrate first responders. And isn't it ironic? It was held at Sassafras, which is part of the 1933 group. Have you been to Sassafras? I have. My friend used to be a bartender there. It's like kind of fine. They had like, they yeah. had a, it's a, what is it? A New Orleans themed bar i think so and yeah they've got they usually i mean i don't know if they probably don't now but they usually have like live music and like a band that plays in the rafters or something like that there's like a really cool upstairs like Mm -hmm. speakeasy type room i haven't been up there i wasn't cool enough Uh, i mean that's why we were friends with the bartender lucky oh god but Sassafras was in a horrible location. I will say that. Yeah, like that part of Hollywood. It's like, where do you fucking park? You know, I mean, you shouldn't drive, but like, uh, whatever. Anyways, there. One of the I read in this article that like when CNN was like, "Hey, don't you guys think that you should be social distancing?" Like, one of the officers was like, "Yeah, why don't you call the police?" <laughs> <laughs> Which is hilarious. Yeah, I mean, 
that's a hilarious joke made by a police officer, of course. I don't think we can oh. deny that. That, like, uh, LAPD. Problematic as they are. Good senses of humor. Uh, Garcetti, our mayor in Los Angeles, he's a... he's saying that he was going to start shutting down power at these big parties. Yeah. After uh, several large parties and gatherings that they said that they would just turn off all utilities to them, which I'm in support of. Yeah, do it. I don't know why people are still having parties. What is the point? How do you know that many people who are willing to be like, fuck it? You know, I only know, like, I can't even count on my on my hands the amount of people that I know who would be down to just say fuck it and have a party. And these people are getting like 100, 200 people parties together. I I get like not handling the pandemic well. Sure. I get the need for socialization. I miss people. I miss seeing people other than my roommates. Right. I miss it. I'm a social beast. Like you put me in a party and I'm going to become the life of the party pretty soon. Oh, yeah. Or I'm in the corner having like a really deep conversation with somebody that does not want to be having like a conversation about their dead grandma. Little but bit I'm enough. like, let's dig deeper. I'm either like swinging on the chandelier or I'm about to make somebody cry in a corner because I want to know their life story. But I, I, I'm not, I just, I think this was kind of garbage on, on their behalf. Can't remember Did the last say- party that we were to get, that we were at together. I think it was your Christmas party. Probably so. That was a ball. It was great. It was like a diehard-themed Christmas party. Nakatomi Plaza's company holiday party. Yeah, that was fun. I started Flip Cup at that one. Hell yeah. I got people to play like beer pong and stuff. I'm so proud of you. That's You're a party my starter. That's my vibe at a party. Oh, I, I, I have to reconcile how I feel about all things like defund the police and but I am such a lover of true crime that I can't, I, it's hard for me to reconcile how I feel about like police brutality versus like good police officers, which I know that like the good outweighs the bad. But I, cause I love true crime so much that I'm like, all I care about are, are the cops that solve murders and the FBI profilers. And well, I mean, the way if we defund the police, the money can go towards the true crime cops and can go, you know, or like the remaining money can go away to police officers doing that. And then the rest of the money that we're taking away from the police department can go to people doing the jobs that police officers shouldn't be doing. Like, yeah, you know, wrangling animals or not actual animals, not Karens and, you know, responding to unhoused people and things like that. So yeah, I think that you can have it both ways, Erica. Okay, I think that you can, sounds good. Here's the thing: you defend the police, people are still going to get murdered. That's true. Thank goodness for for my true crime obsession. It's just good that like you know they're not being murdered by the police. That's absolutely true. Um, Speaking of, oh sorry, those who have passed. Uh huh. Oh right. According to Vice, there was a popular Twitter account called is at sciencing underscore by and bi and that person whomever it may be behind that twitter they died of covid19 or so everyone thought (laughs) turns out that that this uh queer indigenous arizona state university professor who was allegedly the person who was in this count was not even real everybody got catfished y'all got catfished this is like 
fucking crazy. But also makes total sense how it happened. I mean, people are so lonely during this pandemic that they're <laughs> making up personalities. It's frustrating when like things like this happen, though, because it's kind of like, you know, for all intents and purposes, like this is probably like sharing some like decent information about the pandemic. But like because it was a big catfish and a fake person, now it is technically fake news. Uh, and and that's what's crazy is I saw a tweet by, I believe, Joey Cliff that said something to the extent of people have to make up indigenous people to like know someone that's indigenous. Well, which is so, I mean, I think that's kind of like so indicative of like how we treat Native American and indigenous people in this country. Yeah. Is that as someone that comes from like the land of the, of, of like Oklahoma, uh, which is like where all of the five tribes were dumped through the trail of tears essentially. And now to the Supreme Court ruling, half of Oklahoma is back to Indian territory. Hmm. I, I grew up, and so, like, Native people and Indigenous people, I'm Indigenous myself, like, it's normalized to me. But I did not realize, like, when I left my bubble of Oklahoma, how few Native people I would run into and or know of and or would be in places of power or, you know, positions of power. And it's crazy. Right. Sorry to say crazy. I don't mean to 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 ding on mental health. Is that can we not say crazy? I don't know. It's oh Jesus fuck. I think there's like another way to say <clears throat> what we're trying to say. I don't know. We're just doing our best. We're just doing our damn best. Oh my fucking I probably have said crazy a thousand times. I didn't know that. Look, I just think that this whole catfishing thing with somebody by somebody so lonely. Yeah. I, what's interesting to me is how did they, like, how many followers did they get? That's a great question. I mean, they deleted the account, so I'm not sure how to find that out. But it's kind of just like, mm, I don't know. I mean, it was, it was it, you know, science Twitter circles, like, they're They're, they're, they're big. They run they're deep. They're big. Beth McLaughlin... Founder of Me Too STEM was the one who announced uh, that Sciencing Bai had died from COVID-19. So a lot of people are suspicious that she's the one who ran the Twitter account. Um, and it's kind of, yeah, so it's kind of like, it almost feels like a performative art piece, you know? Yeah. I mean, my mind's blown by this story. To watch people care about this person that was fake? I mean, yeah. That's like so heart-wrenching that like people had a connection with somebody that turned out to be completely false but just the person who did the catfishing <laughs> the catfisher yes uh the catfisherman if you will the catfisherman i mean that's like such a, a a lonely life that you have to make up a personality like that i mean but she might not have been lonely she might have been trying to like prove a weird point have you ever catfished or been oh, catfished? I was a catfisher on AOL AIM. Nice. I had a picture of this girl and I, she might have been just a real person. And I would send that out as my picture. Wow. Because I didn't think I was pretty enough for the internet. So I just found like a picture of a pretty girl. And then that's who I was on AOL AIM. What, but like, who did you, were you in chat rooms? Oh, I loved a chat room. I was all up in a chat room. You and I were around the same age. We were pretty young. I remember being in elementary school when chat rooms were happening. 
Oh, yeah. I was like 12 when I started getting into chat rooms. Wow. So. And was and saying I was 15, of course, or 16, you know. Hot. Yeah. ASL. Age, sex, location. Age, sex, location. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember saying that I was older and I remember, I remember being in a chat room in high school, I want to say, because I was at my friend. Kylie Bowen's house. I don't know why I used her real name. Oh, well. And we um, we were like on a chat room and then someone sent us a dick picture. <gasps> was that at – was that in high school? Maybe that was later. Middle school. That was middle school. Middle school. I went to high school in Burbank. Okay. Yeah, so I was in middle school and we got a fucking dick picture and it was like, whoa, what? But like also – Of course we fucking did. And I'm not trying to victim blame ourselves, but like we were like in there like two young middle school girls fucking around with these like weird horny dudes online. And so it's kind of like that was the next step for them. Want a cyber? That was the term. Yeah. Do you want a cyber? Yeesh. Yikes. I never got a dick pic. Maybe my picture that I was catfishing with wasn't hot enough. I don't think we sent pictures. I think we just used. A, I I have a way with words, Erica. I can <laughs> I can acquire a dick pic pretty easily if I try. You can elicit a dick. That's pretty great. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, one of my strengths. <laughs> I have very few strengths, but I can get a dick pic if I need one. <laughs> you know, I've never been sent one ever, ever. Not in the DMs. They are jarring it sounds horrendous even when you ask for it it's jarring like because it's like whoa where did that come from (laughs) even though i've been asking for it and i definitely had it coming here it is and whoa jesus christ (laughs) that is a picture of your dick oh here's something that is so random but like it strikes me Mm mm-hmm why can you say coming on the radio? You like can? Like in songs? Coming? Or, or you can, can you or say you can come. You can say come on, in songs. I don't know, Erica. Why? Wait, what's wrong with that, you prude? I guess I... <laughs> it's just, it's just like, this is the same Erica who like forced your sister to wear a blouse to Thanksgiving. And, like, and by the way, like, you can't say come on the radio. It just, I heard a song on the radio the other day and it just, it jarred me. I don't know why. I guess I am a little prude. I'll put on my prudence hat, my scarlet letter, but. What's a prudence hat? I don't know. It sounded right in the moment. (laughs) It sounded so right that I thought it was a real thing. (laughs) It sounded so right in the moment. I just don't know. (laughs) Yeah, they can say coming on the radio, I guess. They can't say a lot of other things on the radio. I don't listen to the radio that often, though, because, I don't know, I'm not 100. Sorry, Erica. I didn't mean to come at you like that. It's strong today. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. According to LAEater.com, the Salt Bay, whose real name is Nusret Goik. You want to? Let's just go with Salt Bay. <laughs> Let's go with Salt Bay. I'm not trying to be an asshole. There's a lot of different accents and unfamiliar letters in this last name. It's the G with the O with the two dots on top, the K, and then the C that kind of has like a goatee and then an E. Like, I don't know how to say that. So anyways, Salt Bay, he was like an Instagram famous guy. You know who this guy was? 
Oh yeah, Salt Bay. He was the guy. He was like he bent his elbow back and like kind of like snaked tossed. his hand. Yeah, like tossed salt. I don't know. It was like an internet thing. So I guess he opens rest. He's a restaurateur, and so he is planning on opening up a new steakhouse in Beverly Hills, right by Spago. Here's a place that I'll never be able to afford to eat at. My thoughts exactly. I guess that it's been already like two years or something like that but he's trying to like expand his meat empire which is hot (laughs) yeah the the problem with this guy and why he's kind of garbage is like he was an internet phenom but like he's been accused of wage theft yeah at his like other restaurants and then he was planning on opening a a steakhouse in dallas but it is yet to formally materialize <laughs> <laughs> that's a nice way of saying it not happening it was yeah. also supposed to open a restaurant in D- the arts district of downtown la and that never happened of course well i mean he was supposed to be like a, a casual burger restaurant but i think that he wants to focus on fancy steak restaurants the wage theft that's rough now you've worked in the service industry oh yeah have you ever experienced wage theft no wow yeah I've been fortunate that I've worked. I mean, well, let's see. I did work for a restaurant. This wasn't technically wage theft, but it was incredibly illegal. And uh, they would have us work double shifts. So in the state of California, you can't legally work, in a, or at least I know restaurant rules, you can't work over eight hours without technically eight and a half because you have to have a paid lunch break and then anything over that is overtime. And so if you're working at a restaurant and you're working a double shift, that means that you're working lunch and dinner. So that would be over eight hours. So I worked at a restaurant where they were like, do you want to work a double? People work doubles all the time. But what they would do is they would roll back your hours so that you never hit over eight hours. So they were never paying you overtime so that to their bosses, it didn't look like they were running overtime. And then what they would do is they would comp a cash check, like some, like a table plays in cash. Like the managers would then comp the entire meal and let the server who's getting their hours rolled back pocket all that cash as sort of like a way you cool we cool let's do it and it was so sketchy this was a major restaurant chain that i worked at that was doing this um Mm -hmm. they have since been sued for it and yeah i don't like it was i just started working there and so it was kind of like as it was the process was being explained to me, I was kind of like, I was like 21. So I was like, um, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Like, I'm just glad that my friend got me a job here. And like, you're going to let me start working dinners instead of just lunch? Like, okay. Uh, but yeah, it was, it's crazy, crazy illegal, uh, violating a lot of labor laws there. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. So speaking of, of doubles, uh, twin YouTube stars face criminal charges for staging fake bank robberies. Yeah. Alan and Alex Stokes, they're 23-year-old Orange County YouTube people. And I so what were they doing? So essentially what they were doing is they were dressed up like they were in all black, wearing ski masks and carrying a duffel bag filled with cash, and they were pretending that they had just robbed a bank while being filmed. And then ordering an Uber. And when they got inside of the car, the Uber driver refused to drive them. That Everyone thought that they were trying to, to carjack the driver and that oh they had God. just robbed a bank. So the Uber driver wasn't in on the joke. Anything for the gram, right? But mm-hmm. 
to me, it's like if you're going to pull a prank like this, this is why I don't like – I have a lot of reasons why I'm not a big fan of influencers and YouTubers. But, like, they just – they don't know what they're doing. You know, if you want to stage something like this and make it look real, you need to be involved in every step of the process. Your Uber driver needs to be undercover, everything, because if you do it well enough, it's just like a movie. No one's going to know it's not true. But these people are trying to get genuine reactions and involve actual, like, innocent bystanders in their fucking, like, attention-grabbing videos and shit and it's yeah good you should be in trouble for that leave other people out of your stupid fucking pranks like just stage the whole thing get your fucking clicks make your money and move on yeah no one's gonna know that it was fake no no one's gonna know that the uber driver wasn't in on it just hire some freaking student actor as your uber driver no one's gonna know yeah, like you got you're involving an Uber driver who like makes like fucking shit money and all this stuff and who's like their car and their license plate and this whole thing is their entire business mm-hmm. and you're getting them involved for a fucking prank. It's like fuck you. Go to jail, you dumb shits. Like learn your lesson. I I mean, we've already talked about Jake Paul, but Ugh. I hate YouTube culture. I hate the beauty YouTube culture. <laughs> <laughs> I hate prank YouTube. The I only just, good I, YouTube is when I'm like, how do I mount a TV? And yeah. then it's some slow talking, like old man being like, so you want to mount a TV? You know, take your stuff finder and you're going to do this. And I'm just like, yes, 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 yes. There's this old cowboy that I watch on YouTube that uh, restores sure. cast irons, Ooh. like cast iron pans and, you know, pots and pans. Uh-huh. And I'm like, yes. This guy's allowed to YouTube. There should be a license. I just, it's like, it's one of those things where these people aren't good actors usually, but like, I don't care. Like, make your money. If you want to make your money as a personality, I'm not going to come at you. Just leave other people out of it. The whole, Mm -hmm. like, I know that it's not quite the same, but it just reminds me of like when there was that kind of that trend where people were just like sucker punching people. Oh, yeah, that was horrific. It's like, what the fuck? Like, for what? Who wants to even watch that? Like, write a song or something. Yeah. Do something better. Fucking losers. That's trash. That's straight trash. Certified trash. Although, in in related news of influencers and stuff, according to NPR, Trump on Thursday has invoked his emergency economic powers to impose broad sanctions against TikTok in a move that steps up the pressure for the Chinese-owned app to sell its U.S. assets to the American to an American company. Trump fucking hates TikTok, which is hilarious. Uh, that order it'll take effect in like forty-five days, and I think it like it doesn't like TikTok doesn't necessarily. I don't know exactly how it works. I was trying to figure it out, but it's like it won't be eligible for any more like software updates, and I don't know if it'll just stop working completely. Or if like just it won't allow new downloads or I'm, I'm a little confused on how they phase out an app like this. They'll take it off the, the Google and Apple, uh, I, the, the iTunes store. So if you already have it downloaded, though, like does it go away? I think it'll stop operating. Wow. Because like there are apps that worked in other countries that wouldn't work here. Yeah. So it's just like if it's not in the U.S. iTunes store then you just won't have access to it anymore. So bizarre. Um, how do you feel about TikTok? Uh, you know, 
I'm not good at it, but I enjoy the content that comes my way. I've gotten into weird TikTok. Somehow I've gotten into like small business, how to like set up an e-commerce shop TikTok. Oh my gosh. The Um, algorithm is so strange. Yeah, I I had TikTok for a long time. And then I don't remember if I talked about it on this podcast or if I just talk about it a lot in general. But I got nervous because I thought it was like recording my face you know? And so Uh I deleted it, but I've actually recently re-downloaded it and I couldn't, I couldn't get back my old profile. Like I couldn't remember the login credentials. I think it was through Facebook, but then I deleted my Facebook. So for, you know, like other reasons. And so all the videos that I have made on TikTok are gone, which is fine. It's not like I had an intense following, but now just being like fresh and like the algorithm hasn't taken me yet. Um, Mm -hmm. to the places because before I left my algorithm was like roller skates yes and lesbians I queer roller skating is part of my tiktok as well yeah which is it's it's great but it's also kind of just like okay I I love all these roller skates and I love a good lesbian but like some of these girls are 15 like I don't want to look at this so I'm kind of grateful to be back into the normal algorithm and just kind of be shown what's popular and but it, it'll it'll probably take me back. We'll see how long it takes me back. Uh, yeah, indigenous indigenous hoop dancers are a big part of my TikTok as oh, well. Yeah, I caught one of it's, those. It's awesome. Girl who keeps popping up on my for you page because I think I liked one of her videos, and it's just her, but like her Indian father is like off screen, and he's just like kind of yelling, and she's like real you know, like a real Indian dad or something like that. It's just kind of funny. That's great. I mean, now, you know, why does Trump hate TikTok? Oh, because people are critical of him on TikTok and also weren't like the TikTok teenagers and stuff were like involved in like falsely selling out one of his uh, rallies. Rally. The rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yep. So, I mean, he, he doesn't welcome our our dictator doesn't like when um people use free speech to defy him and so as we move deeper and deeper into a dictatorship we're gonna lose tiktok and then soon you guys will lose us you'll lose this podcast now that's where i draw the line i'm just saying that where we're headed i hate free speech jail help me help me let me out so (laughs) business insider which is a website that I do not have a subscription to. So I am not going to speak too highly to this article because I have not read it. I paid $1 to read it so I can speak to it better. All right. Well, you let me know if you need me to read, but otherwise I'm going to need you to just tell me what happened here. (laughs) So Bon Appetit's test kitchen. Bon Appetit is like a YouTube thing, right? Yes. Okay. I actually, I like this kind of YouTube stuff. Cooking YouTube can stay. Fuck yeah. Uh, Three of Bon Bon Appetit's Test Kitchen stars of color are departing from the video channel after failed contract negotiation. The entirety of their on-camera talent has refused to host videos since early June when the talent of color said they were paid less than their white counterparts. Whoa. Mm Mm-hmm. So they have... They said that they would no longer appear in Test Kitchen videos, and they share on their Instagram stories on Thursday why they chose to leave. (sighs) Does Bon Appetit said anything? I haven't checked to see what their statement is, but I know that they were in contract negotiations. And honestly, this was like one of the YouTubes that I watched pretty religiously. I love Bon Appetit's YouTube. I do too. They're fun. Um, When they started doing them from home due to quarantine, 
I loved it even more because I got to see what their tiny New York like kitchens looked like. Yeah. Well, that's fucking shitty. I it's I'm a little surprised. I don't know why that stuff like this still happens. Yeah. Like it I must mean, be subcon like a subconscious thing. Like you're like just kind of like an like you're just racist and you don't even realize it that you're offering your white employees higher weight. I don't know. I really don't get it, dude. I really don't get it. It's a garbage mentality and and be it overt or subconscious, like it it is what it is. It's fucked up. Pay everybody the same. Have we learned nothing from the contracts from all six actors of Friends? They get along and they stay friends if they just all make the same amount of money. Oh, I didn't know that. You didn't know that that happened? There was Uh -uh. like the first season, everybody got paid a little bit of different stuff. And I don't remember if it was like the second or the third season, but like David Schwimmer was getting paid the most. And then they all kind of, yeah, right? Um, And then they all kind of lumped together and they were like, what are we going to do here? I think David Schwimmer had the biggest career prior to Mm. when Friends started. And they were all, they all just agreed that all six of them were going to get paid the same. And that was how it was going to work because they didn't want like some weird tensions between them because of that and so they it was like a a big monumental like deal let me see what season did friends all start get getting paid (laughs) okay so david schwimmer started getting paid more in season two and then they all came together and they were like fuck that that's fucked up which is probably why i have sex dreams about david schwimmer so he makes that big dick money oh god this week dave Chappelle hosted the latest installment of his quarantine stand-up series an intimate socially distanced affair and he brought along louis ck to open for him because why the fuck not right dave Chappelle? i don't understand i mean we canceled louis dave Chappelle hurts me because i loved him so much like i used to watch the i think it's called killing me softly is the one that he did uh-huh. in DC. i used to watch that all the time i was like this is the best stand up fuck yes i love it like growing up it was just like my shit and I could quote from it, which I know is weird. I don't know why I was so obsessed with Dave Chappelle, but I was. And then I just feel like everything he's doing now is upsetting me. <laughs> yeah, it's – I – like he's got some bad takes. Like he's one of our most brilliant comedic minds, but like – Yeah, he's got – bad takes is a good way to put it. He's got some really bad takes. And bringing Louis C.K. back, a garbage person – a literally flaming garbage person. I mean, he said – Dave Chappelle in this article was qu- – it's Consequences of Sound, uh, Erica's favorite website, um, is where this article is from. And he's quoted by saying that, like, Louis didn't do anything that those girls could call the cops over. And it was kind of like, why did you say that? <laughs> just like, can you just That's shut the fuck up? some hot garbage. Um, yeah, shut, shut up. It doesn't, it's just like one of those things where like, kind of a little bit like with Salt Bay, where it's like if Salt Bay still wages from you, it probably hurts you when he becomes an Instagram sensation. Same thing when Louis C.K. sexually assaults you or like, like does something like that to you, it hurts you when you see that their continued success. And it's like, I'm, I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty about like what should happen to people post incidents like that. 
and, you know, mm-hmm. like retribution and second chances and all that kind of stuff. I'll save that for my other podcast called Second Chances with Cassandra. But I just think like it's one thing to bring back Louie who is making efforts to be a better person, which I actually know someone who watched his most recent stand-up special and I guess Louie did address it. Not in like the weird Aziz and Zari, I'm going to sit down and talk about it way, but like in like, I don't know, it's just in a very Louis C.K. way. I just feel like it's one thing to bring him along as an act of defiance and it's a one, it's another thing to bring him along as like a sort of like, I'm helping my friend who's made some mistakes like kind of seek like get some retribution like you know what i'm saying or am i just insane no i understand what you're saying i mean i can't imagine being in a position or i know i've done things that should i regret for sure and i'm grateful that people have given me second chances but there's just like a certain line i think where like you just can't come back from that yeah i mean it's been done people have come back from it whether they should have or not I think it's just kind of like, I guess like everyone's just, I don't think that Louis C.K. is like fucking Mel Gibson and people are just going to pretend like nothing happened, which by the way, I don't like that people are doing that with Mel Gibson either. I I mean, I don't have to pay to see them anymore. Like they're, to me, like they can exist as a person. They can be a father. They can be whatever. I'm just not going to give them any money or any of my attention. That's fair. That's very fair. Which I guess I have given them my attention on this podcast. So I guess I'm a big Big old hypocrite. God but fucking damn it. Now, can we get to the dumpster fire of the week? Okay. Guess who our dumpster fire of the week is? Who? Who could it be? Fucking Ellen DeGeneres. Oh, this hurts me. Oh, why? Why does it hurt you? You big Ellen head? I'm not a huge Ellen head, but like just knowing what her legacy is and then being so disappointed in somebody. And this has been an open secret in L.A. Oh, yeah. Like it. that's I am so fucking sick of open secrets in L.A., by the way. Like literally, there's no open secret that has ended up like the, the best open secret in L.A. is the fact that like Masa has great pizza. You know, like most (laughs) otherwise, like most open secrets in L.A., like that's like where you get the Harvey Weinsteins of the world and like shit like that. You know, it's like enough with this shit. Enough. We're done. We're done with mean people. Mean people don't get that's not what success in Hollywood needs to be anymore. I'm I I thrive on finding out that people who are pieces of shit and who have used that their whole career. And I'm not just talking about Ellen DeGeneres. Like I I don't know what her evolution has been. I know that she's not nice, but I'm talking about her showrunners who were like, you know, sexually harassing people, like all these kinds of things. Like if you think that you get to be the most toxic person in the room and that's how you're gonna obtain power, not any more dudes thank you thank you for the stand fuck that it's it's time to be nice it's time to fucking be a good person and put out content for good like in as a good person uh some of the re- accusations are not just about sexual harassment but also racially insensitive remarks that uh, her staff cultivated so a black employee that used to work for the ellen degeneres show uh ellen degeneres show told BuzzFeed News that she experienced racist comments, actions, and microaggressions during her year and a half as an employee. Yeah. she was hired, a senior-level producer told her and another black employee, oh, wow, you both have box braves. I hope I don't get you confused. And then 
one of the other main writers told her, I'm sorry, I only know the names of the white people who work here. Instead of coming to her fence, other employees just kind of awkwardly laughed it off. I heard a story from a friend of a friend. I don't know personally anybody who's worked for Ellen DeGeneres, but I have friends who who do know people who have worked there. And the, it was described as, I'm trapped in my dream job. Oh. Like, it's apparently it's so clicky and mean and like just – vitriol and 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 then another friend of a friend who was fired said that it's almost a point of pride to be fired from the Ellen DeGeneres show because it says something about your morals as a person like that's literally what's up oh you worked for Ellen what what happened I got fired okay so you're not a piece of shit Okay, great. Now, speaking of piece of shit, I know somebody personally that was fired from her waitressing job because she had a chipped manicure. Ugh. And Ellen said, no, thank you, and spoke to the manager. She carried out and got her fired from her waitressing job. This, I mean, it's just like bananas. And so then you have all these celebrities. Well, there's a celebrity, like Brad Garrett. Um, he came out and said, yeah, everyone knows about this, and I'm glad that this is finally happening. But then there's other celebrities like Katy Perry and Kevin Hart who are posting like these things on their Instagrams and shit saying like, Oh, we love you, Ellen. Ellen has been nothing but nice to us. And, you know, we're sorry that this is what's happening to you and blah, 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 blah. Of course, she's fucking nice to you. You're yeah, that's, that's the celebrity on solidarity. her show. solidarity. Unless that's, you're Dakota Johnson, she's nice to all the celebrities on her show. That was iconic. I think that was like the, the tipping point. That was Dakota Johnson telling Ellen, like, I, you know, like, I invited you to my party and you didn't show up, like, and just, like, shutting Ellen down is, like, the horniest clip I've ever seen in my life. Like, I'm yes. just like, Dakota Johnson, run me over with your car, spit in my mouth, tell me I'm a piece of shit, let me pay your bills for you, I love you, I want you to be my girlfriend, please. Yeah, it was iconic. Mommy. Yeah, she's the best. And I mean, I feel that way about Dakota Johnson most of the time. It's not always like, you know, when she's telling off Ellen DeGeneres, but like it definitely like solidified all of it those ramped feelings. It ramped it up. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. It definitely took it over the edge. Yeah. I mean, this is. Do you remember Ellen was given a award and an award? Well, she was like a lifetime achievement award at one of the big award shows recently. It was like the Emmys last year or something like that. And Kate McKinnon gave this like great speech. And. I remember feeling emotional, like watching Kate McKinnon's speech and things like that. And then, and I kind of knew in the back of my head that there was some weird stuff going on with Ellen, but I didn't know for a fact. And it wasn't until after that happened. And then I looked at Twitter because I tend to stay on Twitter during award shows and all this stuff of the comedians I follow started coming out. And I was like, whoa. And that's when I kind of found out about this. Oh, see, I've known about this for years mm -hmm. and it, I don't, take glee in somebody's like downfall i just like for people to know the truth yeah so ellen wrote in a she wrote an apology letter she said on day one of our show i told everyone in our first meeting that the ellen DeGeneres show would be a place of happiness no one would ever raise their voice and everyone would be treated with respect obviously something has changed and i'm disappointed to learn that this has not been the case and for that i am sorry anyone who knows me knows it's the opposite of what i believe and had hoped for for our show and then she you know she goes on to say that like she brings up the hardships that she's experienced in her career you know as like coming out on television and then like basically saying like if it wasn't for COVID, i would be doing this you know 
on stage with all of you guys rather than like this. So I think she's trying, like, what do you think? Like, do you think she can fix this? I don't know if you can come back from such a toxic place. Right. I don't know. To allow this level of toxicity to like permeate and to like have this reputation, like it it has to come from a fundamental place of complete pivot. And I don't know if at her age and at her place in her career, she can do that. Well, I mean, because I don't know what it's like. I don't know what the Ellen Stan community is like of people who will watch her no matter what. But like, how do you there go on people television? in the Midwest. Sure. So, but how do you go on television and say, hey, so I've fucking gutted my staff, essentially, like started from the bottom because that seems like, or at least her senior staff's got to go. So it's like she has to make that move and then literally go on television and go, I would like to ask for forgiveness because when you hear about celebrities who won't let you look them in the eyes, that's me. Like, how do you do that? How do you explain that? Because she's I, one of those people. That's I'm not exaggerating. She She's one of those people that you're not allowed to look in the eyes. I'm going to justify that for just a second. Like as okay. a performer, you've got to channel all of your all of your gusto, everything right before you go on stage. And like for her to have the level of what she does, because she does have incredible talent. She has timing. She has succinct jokes. To channel all of that, I can't be necessarily distracted with pleasantries before a show. But afterwards is sure. Like, I can I can understand. Hey, don't look me in the eye. I don't have the time right now. I don't have the emotional energy. I can almost understand that. Yeah, I suppose. Or just kind of being like, hey, if if Ellen doesn't smile at you in the hallway, it's because she's here mentally rather than she's like not a mean person. Yeah, like, I sure. guess I get it. But like, I'm talking like if you're not a performer. I mean, that's like, that's like a notorious diva trait next to like, you know, having all white M&Ms, like those types of things go kind of hand in hand. And I just feel like her image, although her last standup special that she did for Netflix, which is actually pretty funny. um, She does talk about how rich she is and kind of makes pokes fun at that. But it's like, I don't know. I think like, I think for the most part, she's built a career on being friendly and relatable. There's not a lot relatable about her mm-hmm. in in reality. Can I can I give a point of like information about like the all white M and M's or whatever? Yes. The reason why people have like ridiculous writers, it's not just that they are you know peach eating divas or whatever. It's it's a lot of times it's like a safety concern. Like if you're not reading the contract thoroughly enough for like how the stage specs should be and how things should be set up. Then they put in, they throw in like tiny details, like all white M&Ms or, you know, no brown M&Ms. And then all that they really need is for you to respond with like, hey, can we put in some brown M&Ms? And they've known that you've read the contract thoroughly enough. Right. Yes. I knew that. I just like that. No, I (laughs) I like that fact too. I'm glad that you said it for the listeners. For for the layman. For the layman. entertainment people <laughs> that's why we need a non-entertainment person on here to explain like how how do you feel are you okay do you miss her already do you I miss mean, people Ellen? are upset it's bad it's it's pretty fucking bad and i don't know kind of what i don't know what she's gonna do and you know she was kind of already suffering a little bit because like you know she was like hanging out with president bush and again that goes back to class solidarity like she's a 
person with money. Yeah. Yeah. But like people are like, why are you hanging out with him when you're a gay woman? And the things that he has done. Money. Yeah. Yeah. We have the same amount of money. That's why. Mm. Well, she's a dumpster fire. That's for sure. This has been the dumpster fire of the week, Cass. What are, you, what are you hoarding this week, Erica? I am hoarding a song. I am hoarding a song by Cardi B <gasps> and Meg the Stallion. <laughs> WAP. W A P. Oh, God, it's so good, Erica. I can't stop listening to it. Every time I listen, there's like a new line that sticks out. (laughs) There's something that I catch that I did not catch before. Yep. It's the best. It's the absolute best. What's your favorite line right now? My favorite line right now is if he uh, he's a bottom feeder. Yeah. If he eats my ass, he's a bottom feeder. Yes. Uh, I love that line too. Uh, Right after that line, I believe it comes to make make him bust before I meet him. I like that one. As someone who procures dick pics, uh-huh. uh, I'm like, hey, that's personal that I just shared. And uh, I like, I just recently listened to the uncensored version because, you know, I, I've been watching the video. Uh-huh. So, but I knew that certainly this song was not supposed to be wet and gushy, although it is a good uh, substitute, you know, for a radio edit. But I listened to the real one and I caught Cardi's lyric, hit the dangly thing in the back of my throat. Yes. <laughs> Woo! Woo! It's making me blush just thinking about yeah. it. Park that Big Mac truck in this tiny garage. Like, wow. Wow. I love it. I like, I have chills thinking about it. It's like so fucking crazy. It's amazing. It's amazing. And I have a correction from oh. last week. Uh, last week, I was hoarding the show In the Dark. That I auditioned for and didn't book. That Cass auditioned for, didn't book. Uh, it's about a blind woman in Chicago, and I have been since led to believe and have been informed that there are no blind people in the writer's room, there's no blind people on set, and that the actress is a sight. She 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 is a sighted, person, yeah. sighted person, and I, I've come to believe that that's kind of garbage, ableist bullshit, and... Mm. I will no longer be watching In the Dark. You heard it here. Our first retraction probably won't be our last. Now, the other thing I'm hoarding is I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Oh, about Michelle, sure. About Michelle McNamara and the Golden State Killer. And I just finished it and wept openly. Oh, wow. So I'm. this was the case that like my true crime obsession was one of the, this was like one of the absolute, the pinnacle of yeah. true crime to me. And- they couldn't uh, have the, figured it out without her, right? I, I mean, she was in integral. Yeah, she's yeah. integral to to figuring it out. Yeah. Wow. Now, Cass, what are you hoarding? I've, uh, I'm hoarding. I'm hoarding scary movies in oh. August. Ooh. I don't know how else to put it. I've just I've been watching horror movies like the like the originals, not all the originals, but like I watched uh, I watched Cabin in the Woods a couple days ago. Just mm-hmm. chucked it out again awesome fucking movie i watched that oh yeah it's a great movie i watched uh nightmare on elm street for the first time the original a couple days ago it was fucking great i mean it's like all campy and not super scary but if i would have watched that when i was a kid i would have been 
fucked up. So like, thank you, mom. Gonna watch probably like the original Halloween. Mm. I think it's just a general like hoarding of Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, and you know, just like that's probably I'll keep that one for the year. Um, but yeah, just been like getting super into watching like old horror movies lately. Uh, it sounds fun. And then the other thing I'm hoarding, which is a shameless plug. Although, wait, are, do you have any horror movies that you recommend? My therapist recommended me some, which I'm glad Phantasm. that we have that relationship. Yeah, Phantasm Two. What it? Wait, Phantasm Two. Yes, the sequel. What? Why not the first one? Uh, the first one's great, but like you really get into the minutiae of the story and like the character of like the tall man. You really get into oh. it in the second movie. Is it scary? Scary? Not super scary. I mean, I think I've been like, enjoying that. I've been enjoying like campy ones that aren't like legitimately super scary. It's definitely campy. There's these like floating orbs that come out to penetrate people, mm-hmm. and like they have knives inside of. It's just. It's very campy. Sick. I like I've I've been liking that because I the last like legitimately super fucking scary movie I watched was Hereditary. And I like I love it and I recommend it to everybody who hasn't seen it, but I, I can't watch it again. It was fucking terrifying. So I've been having fun watching these ones. My therapist recommended the thing. He said that the thing is actually legitimately scary. And uh yeah. The other thing I'm hoarding is a friend of mine from my other podcast, the Nooner Podcast, uh, John Sylvain. He created a board game, or it's a card game. It's called You Know It, the game. And so during quarantine, he's been hosting live You Know It games on YouTube, and they're usually on Thursdays. I've played a couple times live. I'm playing again this Thursday, so I guess this is also kind of a plug. The last time I played, I played against Drake Bell. <laughs> who called me cheeky. Uh, so thank you, Drake Bell. <clears throat> Definitely not still thinking about that. The week after, or no, last week, Paul Giamatti played. Yeah, John knows like famous people. It's like crazy. So then this week, it's going to be me. I'm playing live on YouTube. You know it, the game. I'll, I'll put it on um, Twitter, but I recommend it. It's fun. Um, I'm playing against one of the Impractical Jokers. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm definitely hoarding it. It's a fun game. Fun for quarantine, fun to watch, fun to play yourself. You, if you go to youknowatthegame.com, you can purchase your own. So that's like my I'm hoarding slash plugging. Awesome. And look at me plugging for another person, but also me because I'm going to be on the – I'm going to be on it. So you should watch me. <laughs> and where can people find you, Cass? Find me on my socials. I'm at Cass Cardenas on the Twitter and the Instagram. And you can also find me every Tuesday night live – on the Smodcast Network, on the Nooner Podcast, and we're also available on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever the fuck you get podcasts. Awesome. And I can, be, I can be found at Iconic Erica Curry on Instagram. You can find this podcast on Instagram at Trashy Podcast and on Twitter at Trashy Podcast One. Yes, 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 yes. And iTunes, Spotify. Leave us a review, please. Please, we would appreciate please. it if you like what you hear. Share it with your friends. Please, please. If you don't like what you hear, then please don't leave a review. Shout out to our one listener in Ireland and our one Ooh. listener in the Philippines. Yes. Hello. We love that. We love you. And uh, thank you guys so much for listening. And have a great week. Stay garbage. Stay garbage. I like that.